0: It's nice to know you have these customers that love you and they want you to stick around. You know, they want to see you in business when this is all done. And I think the second for me is to know that we can grow and change. Sometimes we get in that comfort zone and scared to make changes. And it's nice to know we're still here. Like we came out okay. You know, things don't always work. I've made decisions and I've done things that don't work. But we just learn and grow from it and we move on.
1: Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple, proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Hey there, friends, and welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Batten. I'm so happy to have you here today. I am excited to introduce you today to a new series that we're starting, introducing you to more amazing retailers, passion-filled (laughs) Profit-driven, amazing retailers. Today uh, is the first of our series, and I'm going to introduce you to Lee Han from The Lemonade Stand. Lee has um, been a member inside my retailer's inner circle for forever. (laughs) It's been a long time. And what I love about Lee and why I asked her to come here and join us is that she is always learning, always improving her skills. She's not afraid to try new things. She is dedicated to making her business work, like many of you. She came into this business from corporate world, first part-time, then full-time. You know, it's very scary, right? Maybe your journey's been like that as well, too. You know, we kind of step into it slowly, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, you know, we have a brick and mortar, and we have this business, and it's amazing building this community, She's profits driven, as I teach retailers to be, we have to have profits first, but building those profits with a sense of community doing what's right for her customers, and having fun. You know, there's a lot to be said for making sure that we're, you know, making decisions for our business that are fun and joyful, and they're good for our community. And they're good for us through the last crazy time of COVID and all of the things happening, you know, it's been a pleasure to watch um, retailers likely and some of the other retailers I'll be bringing in over the next uh, few weeks, to see how they've been pivoting and trying new things. And I know everybody's been doing that, but it's been kind of fun to watch retailers. And we talk about this inside the, the the interview, watch retailers like Lee, you know, not saying yes to everything, right? So we don't have to do all the things. We don't have to jump through hoops or do things. There were things that like Lee started and they just weren't profitable or maybe they're profitable, but they weren't fun. And the opposite's true. Sometimes things are, you know, Fun, But they're not profitable. So it's been so fun and rewarding watching Lee make her profits, build her community and having fun doing it. So Lee has gone again from corporate world, you know, the, the whole corporate world stepping into slowly into becoming a shopkeeper and then is now full time. Uh, Running her shop full time, it's profitable, it's beautiful. She has just done an amazing job at finding her own style and staying true to what keeps her rememberable. I know, you know, I share that quite a bit. We have to be rememberable. We have to have our own unique thing. And of course, always looking at our bottom line. So I want to introduce you to Lee, and I hope that you find inspiration from some of the things that she's doing, some of the things that she's tried that didn't work, some things she's tried that have been amazing, like her holiday event. Uh, that is an example of how Lee is building fun into her community and reaping the profits on the other end of that as well, too. Right? She's created a, a fantastic holiday event that they did last year. It's just getting bigger and better, and you know, in the Middle of closing and closure and all of the things, and uh, she shares a little bit about that during our interview as well. So with the holidays coming, it's a good time to remind you that you know our holiday boot camp is what we focus on inside the inner circle, the retailers' inner circle. Jump on the wait list, my friend. You are going to want to join us, even if you just come in and join us for the month of August. Is when we do. uh, We start in July. We move into August. Uh, We do. We start at the end of July. Move into August for our holiday boot camp for creating events like this, like Lee's doing, like other retailers are doing inside the inner circle, planning all these things now is so so much fun to look forward to. Maybe when you're down a little bit right now, or if it's a little bit slower or whatever's happening in your world, this is a wonderful time as we're going through the summer to make sure that we have all of our events and promotions in place for the holidays. So I urge you to jump on the wait list for the Retailers Inner Circle. Um, That in the Inside the Inner Circle, um, we're going to do the boot camp, we have a great community in there. We of course have tons of other master classes and trainings in a wonderful community with retailers like Lee uh, inside there supporting one another. But it's a great time if you're going to jump in, Uh, we will be opening the doors a little bit, I think just for a few days, maybe in August to to let some people come in and do the bootcamp. So I hope to see you there. Let's get to it. I hope you enjoy the uh, conversation that I have with Lee. I would love it if you'd leave us a review and let us know what your takeaway is from this episode and let us know if you have any aha moments or anything that you're going to take away um, that Lee shares with you. So let's get to it, my friends. Thanks for being here. there friends I'm so excited to introduce to you one of the most coolest retailers I know a friend and inner circle member uh, Lee Han from the Lemonade Stand is joining us today hi Lee hi Wendy I'm so happy to have you here thank you for taking time out as we're recording this Lee has just opened back up from a crazy Third, fourth, fifth, I don't even know, wave of cl- closure and shutdown. And so I super appreciate because I know this is a really busy time for you. It has been such a crazy year, hasn't it?
0: Oh, a crazy, what is it? It's been almost a year and a half now, right? Yeah, it's I been it. nuts And I, like, I've lost count of how many times we've been closed. Yeah, it's been a really
1: it's been a really hard year. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. And, um, and I also part of that's part of the reason I wanted to bring you on. I think it's uh, very inspiring how you have tried new things I know like everybody else we've all tried new things and pivoted and all this stuff right? but you've done it with such grace and style and you've added new revenue streams and you've done a lot of different things so um that's you know I really I really think it's inspiring and one of the reasons I asked you to join us here Thank but uh as can you just share as uh, as we, before we get going can you just share a little bit about your business journey and tell us about your
0: business and how you got where you are and where are you so my journey began back in 2014 when I saw I was I was flipping through a home decor magazine and saw this stunning dresser and it was painted in milk paint. So I wanted to get the same look. I began researching where I could find milk paint. Found a local retailer and walked into the store and I was just like, like it was gorgeous. It was right up my alley. So I I started taking courses, started painting furniture, selling my own furniture. And that kind of evolved into making my own farmhouse signs. I would attend, you know, local markets. I started teaching workshops at other retail locations as well. And all this while I'm doing HR. So HR kind of was my full-time gig. So I was I was doing that full time and really wanted to get out of HR because I had lost my passion for it, changed tremendously over the 20 years that I was doing it and was trying to build a model to make it a full-time business. So we, uh, my husband and I decided that we would renovate the whole basement. So we took out a loan to renovate the whole basement with the intention of teaching workshops in my basement, using it to make signs. And we finished it. And I started that journey. And I had one workshop in my basement. And I was like, this is not, this is not my thing. Like, there's dogs, there's smells from cooking, there's parking like there was a whole bunch of issues that came with it so I didn't like it so we started after spending all that money on the basement yeah I didn't I didn't know any
1: of that I didn't realize any of that well
0: now you have a finished basement but I haven't heard that part of your yeah. job that's great yeah, yeah so, it's a, so it's a family basement now with ping pong tables and a couch and TV. but um, so we started looking for a brick and mortar location which uh, brings us really to 2018 when we found our uh, current location in Nextbridge Ontario and it was a big step I, uh, I, uh, by this point, I'm doing HR part-time, and uh, I couldn't give that up. I was scared to give it up because it was at least some money coming in every month. So we opened up the store. I continued to do HR part-time, probably for about probably eight months. Uh, my good friend, Melanie Curley, uh, always said to me when I was doing that that I couldn't have all these buckets full, that something had to give. And... My focus needed to be hundred percent on the business. So that always stayed in my head. And finally That's I took the funds and gave it up. <laughs> That's hard.
1: Still true, right? It's still true. We can't have yeah. all these buckets full. And and we've had Melanie on the po- on the podcast. So she's full yes, of wisdom. I've so to it. I'm yes, glad I
0: that you it. listened to her as well as that advice. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. So we've just been uh, we've been at our brick and mortar since twenty eighteen and it started off more as a paint furniture workshop. Front retail and it has changed the last year uh, mostly because we can't do workshops. Uh, so that was a huge revenue change for us. So we need to reinvent the wheel. So now the whole store is is all retail. Yeah, right.
1: So how did you? Just a quick question. How did you? Because your shop is beautiful uh, and it has evolved since you opened. And so you opened in
0: 2018. You didn't have any retail experience. No, other than working in retail. Yeah. I mean, I worked at Jacob and Club Monaco and all those yeah. fun stores. Yeah. But no, I had, I had zero experience. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's a passion. So my store is very vintage farmhouse. And I really just migrate to the things I love. And I mean, I, I didn't hire anyone to help me decorate it. I just do what I like. I do yeah. what speaks to me and what makes me feel good. And that seems to have worked.
1: Yeah, well it's working beautifully. And I, so I just want to add because I know you won't share this but um cuz your store is stunning and gorgeous and your journey is similar it's funny I didn't know part of your journey but it's again I, I often reference um accidental entrepreneurs, sort of following our heart and our passion not doing it without a plan right it's not like jumping in oh i'm just going to willy nilly open it but really not i'm sometimes people get stuck in the i have to you know i have to have a retail degree or you know all of those things but it's following your passion and using common sense and taking the leap of those big hard scary things we talk about that a lot i know inside the inner circle and confidence, it's hard to get that confidence and um it's great to surround yourself too. I I want to pull on that as well to pull that out of that conversation. It's it's not easy to do alone, right? <laughs> like you had, you know, Melanie and and uh, you know you, you you almost need somebody else and some other people who are sort of going ahead of you if that if you will, because Melanie had started, I think just a couple of yeah.
0: years before you, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was three or four years before me. And, you know, I do have a small group of, of, I'll call them female entrepreneurs, which we all run simple businesses. And it has been like, we have wine zooms and the whole bit. And it's what has gotten me through the last year and a half, because it's nice to know we're all going through the same thing. It's all a struggle. It's hard for all of us, even when on Instagram, everyone looks like they're doing fabulous okay it's, it's fake news right
1: it's a lot of times it's fake news well let's talk about it sometimes i don't think that is so much fake new news as it is showing our best side right like it's like we you know we don't go on camera without our makeup on that's you know so we don't show our shop unless everything looks good and i love that you brought that up because um you know i saw that and i think you probably saw that in our inner circle and in our retailers inner circle group as well through the whole last Year and a half, you know, the really hard days, the really down days, the really, how am I going to get through these days, you know, but you still had to put the good face on for our customers, yep. right? We still had to have the stores full and we had to show up and brainstorm ideas. And again, surrounding yourself because community that get it, right? But the best face forward thing, you know, what's forward facing, what's public facing is what I like to say, you know, what's public facing, facing isn't always what's going on behind the scenes, right? If I lift my camera up right now and showed you what's going on on the floor of my office, let alone like what's, you know, and that we, and it. it, thank you for bringing that up, because I think a lot of retailers see other retailers forward face. Right. Oh, well, she's got she's got everything together. She's got it all. Everything's great in her world. Oh, she wouldn't understand,
0: right? Like I think it's well again, yeah, it plays head games with you. So sometimes you just need to take a step back from Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is you're using, and spend a little bit less time looking at everyone else. Stay in your lane, focus on what you're doing, and just keep pushing forward. Because just because someone has the whole table full of bags for pickups. But I mean, that could be two weeks
1: worth of that. Who knows, right? That's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Comparasitis is what I call it, right? So it's just, you know, we see everybody else. I can't tell you how many times, um, so I I like working one-on-one or even inside, again, inside the inner circle or any, you know, anywheres that I talk to retailers and they're like, yeah, but I'm the only one struggling. Everybody else is doing curbside pickup or everybody else is super (laughs) comfortable with Facebook live sales or, but, you know, we all build up that, stuff right so it's nice that I I totally I think that's amazing that you know having that you know having a group to just with to be honest and talk about and talk about it's hard it's hard being a retailer like the people listening to this podcast get that (laughs) they're listening right yeah well and even
0: to share ideas right like what can you do you know to keep growing through this time so it's just it's so nice to have that to bounce off of You know, and we have that in your group as well. The, the, it's not paintpreneurs anymore.
1: (laughs) The retailers inner circle, yes. We used to be just paintpreneurs. We used to be just (laughs) paintpreneurs, but we've expanded to so many other
0: retailers, types of retailers. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. But you don't feel alone. Like, I can always go in that group and know, you know, I can put something in there if I have a question or a struggle. And that group is, they get it. You know, they just get it.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, yeah to be honest, I we've cultivated a good group of people, <laughs> like a oh, good absolutely. group of supporters. There's no drama in there. So that kind of makes me happy. But um, so when you talk about your business, and I know there's a struggles, there's always struggles. And, and again, um, I'm going to urge everybody to go look at your shop and follow you, you know, at the lemonade stand. And it's just stunning what you've done. But you know, you started with Let's let us talk about this. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, right? I told you it was going to be just like throw questions at, at Lee, but, um, you know, you started like most retailers with, you know, a couple of lines and an idea and some workshops and you have grown and expand. What are some revenue streams and some different things that you've done, especially over the last year where we can do workshops, as you mentioned. So can you talk a little bit about how you've been engaging your customers and what some revenue streams are that you've been doing to keep things
0: awesome sure so yeah we did have to change our buckets in the store losing the workshops and so what we did first of all was take the whole back of the store turn it into retail I added another paint line which I was fortunate enough to be able to get because I hadn't been able to in the past which helped significantly we added a whole dried flower bar so I saw dried flowers trending big time in Australia follow all these different groups I'm like why can't I do that so we opened up half the studio to dried flowers. We have dried flowers hanging from the ceilings. It creates this whole ambiance when people walk in and they can smell all this lavender and, you know, see it hanging on the ceilings. We added a, I'm going to call it a subscription box, but it's actually a premium box that's released four times a year. It's not actually a subscription, but when it's released, our newsletter subscribers get first dibs to get it and then it's released to the public.
1: And it's beautiful. We, uh, I'm going to just say that. Your boxes are stunning. So again, not subscription box, but just because everybody's afraid of that and just want people to listen, pay attention. It's
0: beautiful. Yeah. Right, hurry on. What else did you do? We also did add a subscription box service, which was uh, like a uh, do-it-yourself type kit. Right. So people yeah. would get four to five projects in that kit. Um, now, I recently made the hard decision to cancel that. Because uh, there was, there's just, first of all, too much going on. And I wasn't enjoying it. And another thing Melanie always tells me, I listen to her a lot, because <laughs> I really respect her. Um, if you don't love it, you can let it go, right? So uh, it took me a bit, and I had to explain it to my customers. But even the cost of wood went like it's gone nuts. Yeah. So for me, the time wasn't worth it. It just wasn't profitable anymore. But we did add that in the release. Um, recently gotten rid of it but we also added a candle line so we have our own candle line that we added which has been doing very well it's in like mini paint cans so it kind of fits into our paint studio concept in the back
1: yeah stunning so again those, stunning well
0: done yeah well done yeah so those are the main I mean of course we have our home decor in the front we have the bathroom body we do all that kind of stuff uh, yeah. and I've migrated a lot more to the home decor you know I started off kind of with a different variety of things. And I've really zoned in on the last three years of what the customers are looking for and what they want based on the buying trend. So we are primarily farmhouse home support. Yeah. You've really niched your market from what I, you know, from what I
1: see um, your customers love and, and truthfully, I, you know, I've watched you add that uh, the grasses bar. And again, let's pull that out. Let's, let's, you know, uh, talk about that a little bit. you, Keywords here, everybody who needs to listen to you. First of all, you said you changed your buckets or you had to up your buckets. So, in the inner circle, we're always talking about revenue buckets. There's different revenue streams. I had somebody else say, What are you talking about buckets on your podcast? But we that's a lingo we use a lot. We talk about different revenue buckets. And you know, if one bucket's a little bit down, we got to fill it up, we got to top it up, we got to find another bucket to fill, right? So, we have to make those um profits at the end of the day. I think it's a really brilliant idea um, for everybody. I think it's really important for us not to be filling doing buckets that we don't love. I just, you know, just like you said, um, first of all, we need to love what we do or we're gonna totally lose passion for it. And yes, yeah. my friends, there's lots of things in our pot in our business that we do that are not fun, <laughs> but you know, no one wants to clean the, you know, the bathrooms is what I always joke about. So right. but filling yeah. our core days how we spend our days serving our customers if it doesn't light us up we don't have to do it right so i i share regularly that i stopped doing custom work when because i hated it <laughs> I, I, oh, loved, I loved <laughs> i loved that was not that was a bucket that could have made me a lot of money there was a lot of work there but i didn't want to do it so you know your your subscription boxes was they were working and i I'm with you though. There's a lot of work into people thinking, oh, I'll just do that. Right. So I saw what you were doing. There was a lot of work into what you were doing. So let's do something else. How do we what what bucket do we fill? Let's get grasses in. Let's, you know, add home decor. Let's you've really amped up your um uh your offerings online as well too. I've seen, you know, really um and and spending that time maybe that you would have been, I don't mean wasting, but the time that you would have been um using filling those diy you know uh boxes and the, the subscription boxes now you're doing marketing and you know you can take that ceo hat or that time and do things that are making you money right <laughs> things that are making you more money and giving you more joy maybe that's uh, that's a really good point too yeah uh, no
0: absolutely i mean we did the same thing with our our fines i mean we made signs for years and when i started to really analyze the numbers yeah, yeah. we weren't making money no, nope. you know, I was paying my staff to do all. I, I'm like, forget it. Like, why don't we just have someone else do them and bring yeah. them in? And <laughs> friends, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. so that that's a good point. Like, you know, that's the CEO role. That's what we talk about all the time. I mean, I know you and I talk about it, and and I talk about it again all the time here on the podcast. You have to put your CEO hat on. It's all we can all start by not winging it. We can all start with passion, and we can all start, like you said, you know, we just do what works and fill those buckets, but. When we start looking at numbers and we, and time and ROIs and profit and loss, you know which is the unsexy part, but the important part of our business, right? And I have watched you start really digging into those and again looking at your numbers and um, you know, so it's 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 important to make a profit first. Is what we we have to make a profit. We have to make a profit first. but We also have to have we also have, to have also have to have joy making that profit. So, you know, it's, uh, it's again, inspiring watching you find those things that, and that your customers love as well, serving them what they need and really paying attention on that note. It's funny. Um, something that always stands out for me, um, is during the holidays we had, um, still slow down and whatever. And you've been really creative with your, your customers love you. You have a great fan base. I, I mean, I see it on your social and you know, and I know it because we 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 chat and you share in the inner circle. But you did an event around the holidays, and I, it, again, I've I've called you out on not called you out on this a couple of times, but I've mentioned this to you before, and I and I'd love for you to just share. Um, can you just share a little uh, blip of some of the things that you did? You had people lining up like four blocks around the corner during a slower pandemic-y time. So can you share a few things and how how did you come up with your idea? How do you do you look at it from the customer point of view first
0: or how do you what's your process for event planning? Oh well, the Christmas we've actually done the Christmas event every year since we opened and it's kind of our launch of our Christmas product. So I won't put anything out on the floor that's Christmas related until the first weekend after Remembrance Day. And that is the day that we have our big event. It used to be on a Friday night, but with COVID, I had to change my plans, do it on a Saturday. So there was a lot more time. First and foremost, like I love this event. So I will yep. start planning this event all year to make it great. And the the main, it's, it's an experience. So I always say our store is an experience yes. store. And that's store- Christmas thing is part of the experience. Mm-hmm. So we decorate it like to the mind. There's snowflakes hanging from the ceilings. We have big stances inside, careless, all this stuff because it's part of the experience. Because we also COVID, we had to move it outside. So we knew people were going to be lining up because we had a max of six people in the store at a time. It's crazy. They all one yeah. shop and yeah. spend time looking. So I didn't I didn't know if people were going to come or not with COVID. I took a chance. And I hope for the best. And I hope people would come. And I spent a lot of time marketing it. And I didn't pay for big ads. I, used, I had a little bit, not a lot. But I used my, all my social media streams. And I started promoting things like the free gift bags. And these are not just like Mickey Mouse gift bags. They're really nice gift bags. They're full of a lot of products. So people know, because they've learned this in the past, that when they get that gift bag, it's going to have good stuff in it. So they want to line up and it's like the first so many. Every year I increase the number a little bit. They want to line up and then they spend a certain amount and then they get that. And then they get raffles. And outside we had Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus. We had music going on. We had a lemonade stand because we're the lemonade stand and we were serving <laughs> ciders that we got from another local business that we could help promote as well. So it really is spending the months leading up to the height. Of it all in creating it, like this huge big event on social media. I also, before that event, do a uh, 12 Christmas giveaway thing. So every day I'll do a giveaway for one product in the store, and people have to tag and comment, and it just helps build it up. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, by the way, our event is here. So you've gotten all those new followers, and now you've introduced them to the event as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just passionate about that. Then. I love it. I love Christmas. I love the smells, the decor, everything. So I really try and play that out in the store for the experience, for the customer.
1: So experience and creating a destination, um, creating an yes. event, a, a must-do event. It's something that we talk about a lot, and I really feel like um, – yeah, having the passion for it too is exciting and being super prepared for it year after year then they want to come. You did a great job, phenomenal job. Even the day of, I just want to add on the day of, Uh, Lee had somebody, I don't know if it was you or your staff or your husband or whoever was doing the, um, you know, what's going on and the Santa Claus and, you know, showing the lineup. And that was so hypey that I wanted to get in my car and drive like the 20 hours to where you are. And like, it was so hypey in a good way. It was like, look how much fun we're having. And so was that a profitable day for you? our most profitable day ever I was I was blown so you take the effort so you you made the profits you had the joy you filled the buckets right like and your customers were just you know and I saw the comments from your customers and I, I just wanted to sort of shout that out to give people you know planning ahead for the holidays and I know you start planning that event months in advance again we start talking about holiday prep you know now, right? Like we're talking about it in, you know, in the summer as we, you know, as we're getting ready for, for Q4. And I think it's wonderful because that's really being thoughtful to your customers. And and making you money, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and doing what you love, making your money. That's why we're in business, right? So yeah, um well, well done. I wanted to I wanted to mention that out, uh, mention that to you as well, too. Um, through all this whole crazy year, can you do you have any silver linings you want to pull out and tell us about? Or
0: what's the silver lining from this year?
1: I know there's been a lot of
0: yucky stuff. What's the so, silver lining? so I, I guess for me there's two silver linings that I can think of right now, and the first thing is the support that I received and a lot of locals received from our customers has been unreal. Like everyone came out to shop local and support and offer words of encouragement, you know, hope you guys can open soon. We can't wait to get back in your store, but then they would, they would support online to help us. So that really, like it it has really come around in all the time that I've been open. I've noticed that, huge since COVID started. So it's nice to know that it's nice that it's there. It's nice to know you have these customers that love you and they want you to stick around, you know, they want to see you in business when this is all done. And I think the second for me is to know that we can grow and change. And I'm going to use the word pivot. And we all I know we all hate that. <laughs> word, But yeah, sometimes we get in the comfort zone and yeah. we're scared to make changes. And we have, like we had, we all had to make changes with COVID. And it's nice to know, like we, we can't, we're still here. Like we came out okay. It's okay. You know, things don't always work. I've made decisions and I've done things that don't work, but we just learn and grow from it and we move on. Right. There's no sense wallowing in it. Just okay. I mean, that was a bad decision (laughs) and keep going.
1: I'm, I'm quite, that's so well said. I'm quite positive. I, I, I would say that posit, I'm positive that retailers that have made it through this year with mm. um, their foundations are stronger. Like I feel like, you know, A, A, even if it's just mentally, we know we can do hard things now. Um, retail, not that it was easy before, but it was easier to coast. It was easier to drift and it was easier to not look at your numbers and not all, you know, it was okay. It was easier to sort of wing it maybe before. I don't think that the ones that were just winging it through and not really, you're either committed, you either were committed this year <laughs> to making it work or you weren't, right? And I, I, I've i seen that over and over again. And and retailers like yourself who who just, you know, this is going to work. I'm making this work. Let's do it. How can I do it? And now you're stronger and maybe more confidence in ourselves. Not that we weren't confident going into this, but there's just a new level of confidence. Like you just said, that we can get through anything. We can try everything, right? So well done you. I'm well, really
0: yeah. Yeah, because when COVID first hit, I remember I was in panic mode. I'm like, What yeah. the heck, yeah. heck are we supposed yeah. to do with this? It was yeah. like total panic mode, and yeah. we we had to keep moving. Like we yeah. had to keep moving. and we had to hustle to make it work. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was. I think a lot of us have gained more confidence moving through this for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm also a believer that our customers, because talk is cheap when it comes to um, saying you love the. Oh, I love the local stores. I love my local stores, right? But they showed up. I saw that a lot. You saw that a lot. Um, and I think they might have realized a world just with Amazon and Walmart is probably not something they want. So, you know, I I do think that there's been more of an awareness on that side of things, and that's an, to me a silver lining when I see. Like how your customers yeah. have been reacting and to your store and stuff. So um, so as we wrap up, I know I promised you you've got to get back to work, you gotta get the shop open and it's been it's busy, it's a busy, it's a busy week for you. I know. Um, what's next for the lemonade And Do you have anything you want to share? Is there anything coming up? Any fun plans on the horizon? Or are you just like ready to be open again for good? Or
0: <laughs> I am happy to be open again and yeah. I hope it's for good. Fingers. Yeah, yeah. I'll get close again. Uh, a couple things. We are going to start. Wholesaling our candles to other okay. retailers from the fall. So Brilliant. we are just gearing up for that Remaining training staff. And the other thing I'm going to do, because I've lost my workshop space, and I get asked all the time from my customers, when are we going to do workshops? I am going to be working with another retailer, similar type business of mine. And we are going to have maker's days, which is something I've done before in the store. But these are going to be on a bigger scale, uh, outside location, you know, where people didn't have lunch and yep. and uh, breakfast and all day just make four to five projects. So we we still have our hands yep. in workshops without you know we won't it, have the masses like we used to, but it's, it's warm, still there. Yeah, we're still- yeah. 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 Maker's so Day is so again- amazing. Okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was.
1: I was so hoping you were <laughs> going to say that. I know we have talked back and forth about some of the things that you were thinking of doing and um, mm-hmm. Maker's Days were my favorite things they're a lot of work but we used to do maker's days super successfully and I know that you'll just run those like crazy I know that you were talking about doing that before so I'm super excited that you're going to move ahead with that
0: I Um, got that idea from you thinking back all those years it was you I got that idea from and we we started at 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 Melanie's store actually yeah first time yeah first first
1: time I did it, it was total chaos just for the record but (laughs) <laughs> truthfully inside the inner circle I have an entire like maker's day uh training so you can see how I, I can you can see I can save that it's funny I say that because oh what were we thinking had, we had 20 women shoved inside my <laughs> my studio and um our I remember, our, the yeah our, our not our problem it was wonderful fun and customers still talk about it like they came back year after year after year we ended up doing multiple days every year but um the first one we didn't have a cap on the number of seats to sell. I just had never Uh, run out of seats before. I thought, you know, when you're, I just didn't know. Right. So the first sale, the first one we did, we put it up. I put it up on like on a Friday afternoon, put it online and like, like 20 seats sold (laughs) like overnight. Like, and I was like, oh <laughs> we have only a small shop what are we going to do here anyway we just put yeah. tables together and we had a great day so anyway all things were fun and awesome and I think that's going to be amazing for you as well too I think you're gonna you're, you're going to thrive at that I know you are so I'm so excited um I always end up my, in my podcast asking my guests if there's any piece of advice that you've received or you'd love to share or a quote or a mantra or anything that you um You'd like to share with our audience that
0: uh, is a favorite of yours. Well, I have two. Oh, so go for it. To We love you. two. two and good. I'm going to share. Uh, the first one the quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's by Maya Angelou, and it's kind of our. It's what I think about when I think about a customer and their experience in the store. And it's people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I love that. Because it right, goes right back to our experience in the store. And, you know, I have all these reels with our staff. You know, they, they, if, when someone enters the store, they have to greet them. They have to say yeah. hello. Like there's all these things that are part of the experience. So that's the first one. The second one is a little bit more personal. And I came across, it's a poem actually, it's short. But it, it, I came across this when, shortly after my father passed away. It was, it was kind of a, it was before I had the store. It was a, it was a dark time for me. And I read this poem, and I never forgot it, and it goes like this. There will be storms, child, there will be storms, and with each tempest you will seem to stand alone against cruel winds, but with time the rage and fury shall subside, and when the sky clears, you will find yourself clinging to someone you would have never known but for storms. Like how that's so beautiful. I was trying to cry when I read it. I was like, okay, now now I'm crying. That's beautiful. We go through this crap, you know, stuff happens, COVID, personal stuff. And when you think back, I mean, there are terrible times and there's are dark times, but think you have to grab the positive out of them, right? And there's always positive in it. Somewhere, it's always there. So that one has always stuck with me um just because it was such a you know a dark time for me and there's people that I met during that time that I that I would that are my best friends now that I never would have met but for
1: those storms right wow that is so that is such a good thing to take away thank you so much that that's beautiful I've that's, never heard that before I mean we've all heard you know there's light at the storm and that's yeah, a beautiful home yeah. I'm like trying not to cry right like <laughs> so yeah. It's like, thank, thanks, Lee, for making me cry on my podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that's actually beautiful and so, so appropriate for so many retailers. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. And I appreciate having you here on the podcast. Uh, we are going to have all your contact information. And um, what is the best way for people to reach you? What's, how, how do you prefer that people get a hold of you? Or follow Instagrams
0: you? are, yeah, Instagrams are the biggest.
1: For Instagram's sure. your damn. Be-
0: yeah. Her, your Instagram feed is beautiful. Damn. I'm learning new things. I'm taking real courses. Sorry, not my game.
1: <laughs> so, You're doing yeah, a beautiful doing job. Stuff. Yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And uh, here's to uh, no more lockdowns, no more storms on that front. We know there's going to be more entrepreneurial storms, but here's like hoping that things are just good now (laughs) with the COVID thing. We just don't want to talk about pivoting that because of that anymore. So, uh, so thank you for taking time for being here with me. I truly appreciate you uh, and our friendship and having you inside the inner circle. So thank you so much, so much for having me. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes you can find it at wendybatten.com slash